<laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to uh, continue on a series of sermons we've been doing called Limitless. And uh, this series has been about the limitless power, the limitless love, the limitless forgiveness of Jesus. And we talked about all of these things. It's important that we understand that we serve a God who is limitless in all things. There are no limits that can be placed upon him. There are no limits that, that we have in him. If our life is in Christ, then we have an unbelievable amount of availability and power and love and forgiveness and all of, the thing, all of these things to us. Today, I'm going to talk about the limitless obedience of Jesus Christ. Now, before I can hear all the... I, I didn't hear any verbally, but I could almost feel everyone go, Oh, obedience, right? That's all I want to hear about. But Jesus was the most obedient person that you'll ever find that walked the face of this earth. And it, there's a reason why Scripture tells us that he was obedient even to death. There's a reason why Jesus, in his own words, says that if we obey his laws and his commands, that we will have a full life in him. See, Jesus is obedient in all of these things, and he gives us the opportunity and gives us the, oper- the, the chance to also be obedient to him. But we have to understand what this word obedience means. And so before we jump into scripture today, I want to talk about this for a moment. The limitless obedience of Jesus. Obedience means adhering or hearkening to a higher authority, positioning oneself under someone by submitting to the authority and command. Thus, biblical obedience to God means to hear, trust, submit, and surrender to God and his word. Now, when we think of obedient, we think of our children. We all want obedient children. We want our children to be obedient to everything that we do and and everything that we say. In fact, oftentimes I remember uh, my parents saying this, and I a few times have said this, and I try to catch myself before I say this, was, don't do what I do, do what I say, right? And you think about that for a moment, and you go, wait, don't do what I do, but do what I say. We're confusing our kids when we say that. But we want our kids to be obedient to us. And we want them to listen to everything that we say and do. There's a reason why obedience is powerful and the reason why obedient works. When you have obedient children, Chrissy, in school, it makes it much easier, does it not, as a principal, right? When, you're, when your students are obedient to you as a teacher, as a principal, as a mother, a father, it is great. It's, it's harmonious. The, the angels sing their song and the streets of gold are shone before us and the streets are in the hallways of the school and we walk down and everything is just, oh, right? It's beautiful. But that doesn't last very long if you're in any school. (laughs) Or if you have children of any age, obedience doesn't last very long. We are prone as human beings, we are prone as people to be disobedient, not obedient. obedient. We are more prone to not do what we're said. As a child, I remember my parents always telling me, don't do that. And the very thing that they told me not to do was the very thing I wanted to do. As soon as they told me, don't touch the stove because it's hot, guess what? I want to touch the stove. I really want to find out if it's hot. Don't do this. Oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I used to tease with my wife, and and we used to tell, uh, back in the early days when my son was dating, I used to say, I can't tell my son that I like his girlfriend because then he's going to want to walk away from her because I like her, right? He's going to be disobedient to the things that I was saying. And so I used to tell him, Ah, she's all right. (laughs) I didn't try that with Becca, just let you know, Robert, okay? So, (laughs) but ah, he's all right, too, all right? So, but the truth of the matter is, is that we are disobedient. We are prone to be disobedient to everything that God says and does for us. Why Why are we that way? Well, we live in a sinful, fallen world, right? We live in this world where sin is all around us, and the main attribute of human beings without Christ are that we are not going to listen to him. As human beings, we like to be disobedient. As human beings, without a reason and without a purpose, we want to not follow the rules or structure. We are built, we are built some people are built to follow rules, 
My daughter is one of those. She'll go to a restaurant, and she's not in here, but she'll go to a restaurant, and if she orders something and she doesn't get what she wants, she won't send it back. I'm like, you're paying for this. Sorry, Robert, because I know this happens for you even today. Instead of sending it back and saying, I paid for this, I'd like to have the meal that I paid for, she just goes, no, I'll just deal with it. It's okay. She's a real follower. That's how she is, and that's fine. I mean, she was, that was good as a child growing up, right? But there's times that we have to stand up for ourselves and say, no, listen, this isn't what I wanted, so I need to get something else. See, we are, in our essence of who we are as humans, we oftentimes find ourselves bucking authority, walking away from authority, not wanting to be under authority. See, being under authority means that you have to be obedient to someone else, which means that sometimes you have to give of yourself and take on what that other person or what that other that obedience requires from us. One of the main reasons why I think students in schools rebel and, and those sorts of things is because they are testing their limits, but they're also trying to figure out what they have to do and what they don't have to do. How much do I have to really be obedient to Principal Christy before she kicks my rear, right? Not, uh, she doesn't kick anybody's rear. Before she gets them in trouble. How much do I have to be obedient to my mom or my father before they take me into the woodshed? And Well, we don't take people into woodsheds anymore, right? But uh, how many times do we, we, we maybe need to? Maybe that's the problem. But we take them and we ground them or whatever it might need to be. See, obedience both in the Old and New Testament, relates to hearing or hearkening to a higher authority. What this means is that when you are listening, you're hearing a higher authority than yourself. Obedience means that you immediately place yourself in a subservient role to someone who's above you. Now that's really hard to do. Because in most times, we don't want to do what someone else above us wants to do. We want to do what we want to do. As humans, we are called to go out. As humans, we are prone to doing what we would rather do than what someone else would want us to do. And so therefore, the authority issue comes into play here. One of the Greek terms for obedience in the Bible conveys the idea of positioning oneself under someone by submitting to their authority and command. See, when we submit ourselves to someone or authority, what we are doing is we are being obedient to what they have asked us to do. Now, it's really hard for us to want to be obedient to the rule and law of the land. We find ourselves doing that all the time, going down the road, and the speed limit is 55. How many of us actually go 55? Not all of us. (laughs) We push it. Casey's looking away, so I won't call him out, but... Other people are whistling and looking up at the ceiling. We all do it. Listen, I often have this. It was so funny this other day, and I I hope uh, whoever this uh, state highway patrolman who was behind me doesn't hear this sermon. But I pulled out of my road, uh, out of Wayland Road onto Route 5, and I'm going towards Ravenna, and I'm, I'm driving down the road, and I was, as I always do, I sneak it up. You know, 55 is the speed limit. I always sneak it up to about 60. Don't say a word, Paul. But uh, I speed it up to 60. Paul has followed me a few times. And so I sneak it above 60 a little bit. And then all of a sudden in my rearview mirror, I see a state highway patrolman. Okay, take my foot off the gas. Turn on the speed, the, the uh, cruise control. Thank you. And... Yeah, but yeah, that's windshield wiper, right? Yeah, it's it's on the same dial. But anyway, so so I was able to dial it down to about 56, 57 miles per hour. This poor state highway patrolman wanted to go faster than what I was going because he was on my bumper. I thought for sure I was getting a ticket, but he never pulled me over, and he followed me all the way from Wayland Road all the way to 76 in Richtown. I've never done the speed limit in my whole entire life that long. (laughs) When he turned on to 76, I'm like, see ya, and I'm going faster than what I should have been going. Now listen, why? Well, when you have someone in authority behind you watching what you do, you're more likely to be obedient to the laws. When we see someone watching over top of us, we become obedient. See, God wants us to be obedient without the threat of punishment from him. God wants us to be obedient without the idea that he has to stand over top of us and go, what are you doing? 
He wants us just to be obedient. The beauty of all of this, the beauty of raising a child is when your child becomes obedient and you don't even have to force them to do that. They just are. It's an amazing, beautiful thing. God calls us to be obedient in all things. No one really likes to talk about this. No one really likes to talk about obedience. No one really likes to talk about what it means to submit ourselves. But these matters, this matters because Jesus calls us to be obedient to him. We need to learn to be obedient like Jesus. We need to be committed to his will and plan for our life. It isn't until we lay down our own plans. It isn't until we set aside the things that are important to us and pick up what is important to him that it matters. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be reading in verses 3 through 7. Philippians 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to your, his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though, or let me try that again, who though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but instead emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. What an amazing verse. Let's pause there and pray, and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are here with us. And Lord, we just ask you in this, uh, this day, in this time and age that we're living in, that you would make your presence ever known to us, Father. Lord, the world around us, is struggling with wars and rumors of wars and gas prices and food prices and inflation and everything else that's going on around us, Father. There's so much going on. May we just focus on you, Father. May we be obedient to what you have called us to do. We see that when we are obedient to you, you will lead us and guide us and give us the directions that we need to go. So help us, Father, to be obedient. Help us to follow you, Father to take your example and to learn what it means to, to walk with you in all things. Lord, we glorify you, we honor you, we praise you. We ask you that you would just come here today and that you'd be with us whether we're here in this building or watching at home online, Father. Help us to hear from you and to be led by you. Let, our, let my words not be my own, Father, but let them be yours. Truly guide us and direct us in all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Philippians 2 is such an amazing, this section of verse is such an amazing verse because it begins to tell us what it means to obedience. Very first part of this, and we're going to get into some steps of what it means to be obedient, but even just looking at this verse in itself, it starts out, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. See, in order to be obedient, we have to look past what we want for ourselves and see what someone else wants. In this particular case, we're asking for this obedience to come from Christ. So we're, Christ is asking us to be obedient to him. God is asking us to be obedient to him. So in order for that to happen, what we have to do is we have to stop and say, my, not my will be done, but let your will be done. And so to be obedient to someone else means that you have to let go of what's inside of you and take on the importance of someone else. It goes on to say, look, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. One of the biggest problems that we have in the world today is that we are not looking to the interests of others. We only care about what we want. Whether it's in marriage relationships or friendship relationships or anything else in this world today, we're not looking for the benefit of others. We're looking for the benefit of ourselves. How does this impact me and how does it benefit me? That's what we look at. We don't look at things outside of that box. Too often we're only concerned about how things are going to impact my life. I think of and I've done this this past week, you know, looking at paying $5, almost $5 a gallon for gas and heating oil and all of these other things. And then you think about that. And then in comparison to what's going on across the world today. And, you know, there's a lot of political conversation about why 
the gas prices are the way they are, no such things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned because we are. I'm very concerned, to be honest with you, because I think there's going to be a time and place in this country where you're going to have to make some really hard decisions. Is it worth driving and paying $5 a gallon to drive where you have to drive? Are you going to be able to pay for gas or buy groceries? I think we are fast approaching a place in this world where we're going to have to do that. But in the light of all of that, I'm struck sometimes with just the reality of here I am complaining about the price of gas when bombs are falling on houses and apartment complexes and hospitals and other areas of this world, or there's people, and not even just the story of what's happening in Ukraine, but even outside of that, looking at what's happening all across the world. There's still starvation happening in Africa and drought and all of these things that are going on, and people making, they've been having to make hard decisions all of their life. And so we need to be careful about what it means, because we are called, even in the times of trouble, even in the times when gas prices are high, even when inflation is going through the roof, even when there is war, we're still called to look not only to the, our own interests, but to the interests of others. And that's hard to do sometimes. Jesus, this verse goes on to say that, having have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Just think about that for a moment. Here is God himself. Jesus is part of the Trinity. So we have God the Father, we have Jesus the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. They're all one. They all interact with each other. They're one God, and they're, but they're three. And here, as, as difficult as it is sometimes to focus in on what the Trinity really means, what it really means is that God himself in the form of Jesus, came on and took on the likeness of man to come to this earth. And so, yet even though he was a man on this earth and he had every right to call himself God, he did not strive to do that. He strived to be obedient to his Father in all things. Just because you are able doesn't mean that you should always do something. Just because you have the position and the power to request or demand something from someone doesn't mean that you always should. One of the hardest things about management is to understand and know when it is right to demand something from someone and when it is right to show grace and even though not using your position of power over someone else. That is a really difficult thing to grasp in management because we think that you work up and when you're in leadership, you get to tell people what to do. And so I'm the leader, I get, to, I get to do what I want to do, and you're going to go do it because I'm the leader. Sometimes we have to take a break from that, and we have to look upon this and say, I have the ability, but should I do it? He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I love this verse because, you know, I've always thought about leadership being servant leadership, meaning that just because... Listen, this morning, when we first got here, guess what I did? I went out and shoveled the, dry, the, the sidewalk. I forgot my gloves, so my hands are still a little numb from being outside. But that's part of being a servant. Do I have to go out and shovel? Could I send Paul out to do? Yeah. Paul would look at me and go, yeah, right. You go out and shovel, buddy. Right? Could I send Jeremy or Chad or someone else out to shovel? Could have. Would they have done it? Yes, because they're wonderful men. And they would have went out and did it if I would have requested or asked them of that. However, I don't view myself as someone above anyone else. I have a job to do. Our job is to provide a church here and make sure the church is safe for people to walk in and out. And so what did I do? I went out and shoveled the driveway. It's being obedient even though I don't have to. Someone else could have done that. But we're called to be servants. Being obedient means being a servant. Actually, being obedient also starts with and must always begin with humbleness. No one often talks about this, but do you realize that Jesus, in order to come to this earth, had to humble himself completely? Jesus had to let go of all the power, all the, all the ability that he had to come to this earth. He had to make a decision in his mind to say, listen, I will freely give all of that up. I'm no longer going to call on legions of armies to come down and angels to come down to this place. I'm going to let go all of that so I can come to this earth and serve the people of this earth. They don't deserve it. 
He gave up all of this power, all of this strength, all of this ability so he could come down and serve who? Us. Do we deserve to be served? No way. Not by God who who deserves so much more, but he humbled himself. He humbled himself to come to this place. Jesus was so obedient to his father that he was willing to not only be obedient, but also humble himself to the point of giving up all of the power, all the strength, everything that he had to come to this place. To be obedient means we have to start with being humble. To be obedient means we have to humble ourselves to the point of saying, what I want to do is not as important as what he wants to do. What I want to say, listen, when someone yells at you or, or talks back to you or says something, the very first thing you want to do is go, right? The anger gets up and you want to respond in anger. You want to respond with a swift fist to the face, a throat punch as uh, Ben used to call it, or whatever else you want to do. You get to that place and you just want to react. But Jesus calls us to humble ourselves and not respond in that way. He calls us to be humble by letting go of what is right in our eyes to do what is right in his eyes. We have to realize that there is someone above us. We have to realize that there is someone more important than us. That's a hard thing to understand, but do you understand? I used to think that, man, I was so important on my job that if I left... No, they would take five people to replace me, right? <laughs> Four weeks after I left the company, I found out that they, they had hired someone to do the job that I was doing. And I was like, wait, what? They're not going to be very good. They can't do as good as I did, right? Well, then I found out later that it was still going well and that the company was still surviving and that the department was still growing. Wait, what? I'm important. You don't understand. What I did in this place, what it takes to replace me. Now, that doesn't mean that what we did wasn't important, but we have to understand that we have to humble ourselves and say, okay, listen, we're not as important as what we always think in our mind. Obedience starts with having the reality of standing before God and saying, Lord, I think I'm pretty darn important. But guess what? I'm not. You're important, and what you want to do through me is more important. I believe today that many marriages fail because we can't humble ourselves enough to let go of what is important to us and take on what is important for our spouse. We stand upon this rule and this thought that when someone hurts us and our, when our spouse hurts us for some reason or some way, we stand on that and say, I, this is, I'm hurt. I'm not going to lower myself. I'm not going to humble myself to my spouse. Instead, I'm going to stand upon this rock, stand upon this hill, and I'm going to say, this is what I think is most important in the marriage. What you did was hurt me. Instead of saying, no, take a step back, take a deep breath, and for the betterment of my marriage, I'm going to humble myself and say, Maybe I'm not as important as I like to think I am. I was going to say a joke here, but I don't want to offend any ladies in here. We're all important, ladies and men in marriages. And we need to humble ourselves to the betterment of our spouses. And we have to look at each other and say, listen, what is important to you is important to me. And sometimes that requires me to let go of what's important to me and to humble my feelings because, not because I want to, but because I should out of the love that I have for our spouses, or for my for our spouses, for my spouse. Yeah, only one. Being humble is thinking more of another person than ourselves. Philippians 2, verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This, of course, is a continuation of the verse that we were just reading, but this is Jesus being humble. Jesus was so obedient, so humble, that he not only took on the human form, gave up all of the power that he had, gave up everything that he could have done, and then he went in human form and was obedient to the point of death on the cross. You don't think this is a big deal? Read what Jesus was saying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was put on the cross. He prayed. Not only was he praying, you want to talk about a fervent prayer? You ever pray and you have blood come out of your eyes? That's the prayer that Jesus was doing in the garden. He's praying, Lord, 
not my will, but let your will be done. But if there's some way that this cup could pass from me, then let it happen. Jesus was knew, he knew that he was about ready to face pain and suffering like he'd never faced before. He was going to do all of these things, but yet he finds himself in the garden praying that if it, somehow it could be changed, let it happen. He didn't have to take on this death. You understand that Jesus could have continued doing the Levitical law, as Jay said. We all would have been standing here trying to figure out, is it okay to eat shrimp or not, right? That's one of the questions we'd be asking right now if Jesus hadn't died on the cross. But thank goodness he did, so that's, right? We don't have to care about, I don't eat shrimp because I don't like it, so I don't care. I'd I'd been delivered of that one. But any of you that do, there is a Levitical law that says do not eat shellfish. And so we would have been asking that question. But instead, we don't have to ask that question because Jesus humbled himself to the point of even death on the cross. And so he gave himself completely to this. He was obedient. See, obedience requires death. Now before you sit there and go, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Obedience requires, I have to die to be obedient? No, you don't have to die to be obedient. What this means is that Jesus died in his obedience But oftentimes what has to die is our plans, our will, and our direction. Sometimes we have to let go of those things. We have to let go of the plans and the the things that we wanted to have happen. We have to let go of the dreams and the visions that we have to be obedient to Him. Because He calls us to be obedient. He calls us to walk in that path. Many of you may have been obedient, but how many can say that the obedience has cost my life? Not many can say that in this world today. There's not many people that can walk around and say, I was so obedient to the will of God that I had to give up my life. There are people who are persecuted and sacrificed. In the, well, sacrifice is the wrong word. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, doesn't matter. When you, per, when you are perse- a martyr, thank you. That's, I don't know if someone said it, but it just came to my mind. So when you're martyred, right, you're giving your life for your faith. There's not many who can say that, but God calls us to be obedient to death. What this means is that sometimes we have to give up everything that we think, everything that we find important, all of the things that we think are important, all the things that we want to do. Sometimes we have to put those to death for the obedience that we have to God or to others. Sometimes you have to swallow the bitter pill to make your marriage work. Sometimes you have to swallow the bitter bitter pill to make a friendship work. Sometimes you have to swallow the bitter pill to make a relationship of any type work. Giving yourself to that relationship causes us to let go of those things. Let go of what we thought was important. Let go of all of those things and be obedient to God and what He wants for us. question is, are we willing to be obedient to Jesus? Even if that means we are called to let go of something that's really important to us. See, it's easy to talk about being obedient to Jesus when we're being saved. It's easy to talk about being obedient to Jesus and having salvation talked about because everyone doesn't want to spend eternity in hell. That's a bad place, right? We talk about the pain and the suffering of hell, and so therefore I'm going to be obedient and accept my fire insurance and put that seal on my rear and I'm going to go to heaven, right? That's easy to do. Those are the easy obedience to do. The hard obedience is when Jesus goes, now I want you to give up something that's real important to you. Now I want you to walk away from your anger. I want you to walk away from your language. I want you to walk away from your, uh, your feelings, those things that are bubbling up inside of you that shouldn't be there. Those are the hard things. That's when we start looking at going, okay, maybe this faith is a lot more to it than what I thought. Those are the things that Jesus wants us to die to. I often say this is no more truer in marriage than it is anywhere else in our lives. There's so much time in our life and in our marriages if you're married here today that sometimes you just have to give up yourself even when you don't want to. I was laughing because you know, Amy posted how wonderful Buddy was and how much he 
cleaned the house and did his laundry and all of those things while she was gone on vacation. I'm like, thanks, but now you just convicted me. I have to go wash the floors and I have to sweep the floors and I have to get the house ready for when my wife comes home. So thanks a lot, okay? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks for setting the post that high. Next time, you know, have you ever heard, you don't give 100% on your first day at work because the next day you have to give 110%, right? So the first day at work, you, you just slowly, slowly work into it. I give about 20% my first day at work. So the next day I come in, if I do a little bit more, I'm good, right? So thanks a lot. Thanks for setting that bar that high, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Giving you a hard time, but, but. The truth of the matter, what was that? Oh. The truth of the matter is obedience has to start with us giving of ourselves. Do we give our life? It's not in terms of giving our breath and our blood and all of those things, and it's not causing us, some, sometimes it does. Sometimes there, there may come a time in this world when Americans are called to give their life for their faith. If you read scripture, it's going to happen, right? Read the book of Revelation. Read the end of the story. When you get to the end of the story... There's a lot going on there. And there's going to be times when we are called as martyrs to give of everything that we have for our faith. It's already happened in this world. I mean, you could go back over and over and over again. Look at Cassie Bernal years ago. Stood up in front of, uh, I forget the Columbine, thank you. Stood up in her high school and at the face of a gun and a gun in her face was asked, renounce your faith or die. And her words would, I would never walk away from my faith or renounce Jesus Christ. And she was shot and killed that very moment. Happening, not just in schools, it's happening all over this world today. We don't see it so much here in America, but it happens all the time. In the Middle East, it happens way too often where Christians are beheaded for their faith in front of their kids, by the way. It's happening all over this place where we are giving in order for us to be obedient to our faith that it may require death. But more often than than giving your life, your blood, your breath, God asks us to let go of what's important to us. Let go of what we're angry about. Let go of those things. How many times can a relationship, a marriage relationship, a friendship relationship, any other type of relationship, how often could that relationship go so much better if we would just let go of what makes us angry and try to find the middle ground instead of hanging on to something, hanging on to this bitterness that walls up inside of us and causes us to be angry and causes us to have all these problems. What if we just let go of that? Die to our feelings, die to ourselves, and say, you know what, for the betterment of my marriage, I'm just going to let go of all of that hard to do, but it's what we are called to do because obedience to God requires the death of what's important to us. It is also, by the way, why Romans tells us that we are created to be a new man or a new woman in Christ. Why are we a new man or a new woman in Christ? Because when we accept Jesus Christ, all of who we were at one point should be dying and we should be becoming this new person. That is why they talk about the transforming of our minds. Our minds have to die. Our previous way of thinking needs to go away and we need to take on the new thinking of Jesus Christ. That is the process, the journey that we go through here on this earth. We're called to do those things and be obedient to him. Philippians 2, 9-10 through 10 says, Therefore God has... Ex- Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Do you know what happens when we're obedient? There's a blessing that comes in obedience. Obedience brings blessings to never before. Jesus, who was obedient to even to death on the cross, is not only just blessed, but he's also said that every knee shall bow before him. Why? Because he chose to be obedient. Now, listen, I'm not saying that if you're obedient today that every knee on the earth shall bow before you. That's Don't get any grandos ideas in your head. Grandos? Grandios? Yeah, or grandos, however you say that. Grand gross ideas there. How's that? Uh, <laughs> Don't get these ideas of of making your head much bigger. But realize 
that when we're obedient, God blesses us. There's something that happens when we walk in obedience to God that opens up this avenue of amazing things that happens to us. Why? Because we find ourselves in the right place before God, and so therefore we are open to receiving the blessings from Him. It is why it is so much better for us as teachers and preachers and, and principals and, and leaders and, and managers, and all these things, to have people who are obedient in their workplace. Why? Because it's, it's so much easier it just works. Things progress. There's a blessing that comes through obedience. Jesus received this blessing by being the one. In fact, the verse says, Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. You know that today when you pass... Not today. Please don't pass today. But when you take your last breath and you enter into heaven, your knee will bow before Jesus. Whether you're saved or not, every single person will stand before Jesus. Why? Because he was obedient to even, uh, even to death on a cross. And God has granted him the place, the highly exalted place of being at the right hand of his Father. Yes, he is, he is part of the Trinity, so we are going to stand before, we are going to kneel before him and he's going to judge us and say whether we have received the blessing of living a life with him or not. Obedience brings blessings to Jesus, but it also, guess what, brings blessings to us. Genesis 22 verse 18 says, And in, if, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is Abraham speaking, God speaking, I'm sorry, this is God speaking to Abraham. Abraham's telling, God's telling Abraham, let me get this right, God's telling Abraham that if he would listen to him, that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars, and all of these blessings will happen. And so what does Abraham does? Abraham listens to him. Abraham obeys him. And what happens is God comes in and says, and your offspring shall be, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Do you know that today you are blessed because Abraham listened and obeyed God? Yeah, you. All of us, thousands of years later, after Abraham was born and walked this earth, we still walk in the blessings of Abraham because of what he did. There's these blessings that come from God when we obey and we are obedient. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 3 says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole hearts, who, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Let me say this again. Bless, obedience brings blessings, not only to Jesus, but also to all of us. We receive a blessing from God when we walk in the, the, the... Let me try that again. We receive a blessing when we walk in the obedience of Jesus. When we listen to him, when we hear his voice, when we walk in that, it opens up the groundwork for us to be blessed. It opens up the groundwork for us to receive a blessing from God. When Jesus came to Peter, he asked to use his boat do you remember the story? Jesus was walking the earth and he's, he's getting ready to do his first uh, sermon series, if you will, the Sermon on the Mount. And he's getting ready to do this. And he walks to a place and there's a whole bunch of people there and he begins to speak. And the problem with where he's at, and this is true today, you can still go to the very place where Jesus did this. The hillside on the, on the Sea of Galilee goes up dramatically right from the ocean. And if you're standing on the land and you speak towards the land, the sound is completely removed. It's an amazing thing. You cannot hear literally from me to Pat and Sue in front of you because the ground just absorbs that. But if you just get out into the water a little bit, it becomes better than any microphone system that you can have. And this is true even today. Today they will actually do concerts out in the middle of the water because it, without microphones, it's just acoustic because it, the sound travels so well. So Jesus, knowing this, 
because after all, he is the creator of the world, goes to Peter and says, I need to share this message. May you go out from shore. May I use your boat. Peter had been fishing all night long. Peter had been spending his time and energy and all of these things trying to catch fish. They hadn't had a good catch. Nothing has happened. Nothing has received. They couldn't receive anything. Peter's probably going, great. I need to just wash my nets. And I need to go home and sleep. It's been all night long. I've been up all night long. Don't ask me to go out onto the water, Jesus. But Jesus goes, Peter, may I use your boat? Will you take me out? Peter obeys takes him out, he does his message. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds or even thousands of people hear this message. Hear Jesus' message. But what happens immediately after that? After they're done, after Jesus is done, he looks at Peter and says, throw your nets over there. Peter's like, again, Jesus, come on, man. I've been working all night long. And now you've had me sitting here. I, I'm tired you know, the time change was last night and now you're asking me to sit here and listen to the pastor preach. I'm just tired. I want to sleep. I don't want to, I don't want to hear another message. I don't even want to throw my nets in. Big deal. I don't care. I'm ready to just go home. But Jesus tells him, throw your nets in. Peter again obeys. And what happens? The load of fish is so great that Peter has to call his friends from the shore to come and help them pull it in. In fact, they were afraid that the boat was going to capsize because it was so such a large catch. There's a blessing that comes by being obedient to Jesus, by being obedient to God. See, I believe that Christianity today isn't growing as fast as it is because we find too many believers not being obedient to the call that God has on their lives. They're not being obedient to the word. They're not being obedient to prayer. They're not being obedient to following Jesus. And so therefore, the 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 word of God is not spreading like it was. We find in Acts, we find in all over the New Testament that the word of God begins to spread like wildfire when the people were obedient to the calling that God had placed on their lives. Today, we must learn to be obedient in all things. It's not just the large things, but it's also the small things. Obedience in small things leads to big changes and big blessings. Peter, again, it was a very small thing, maybe tiresome, but a very small thing for Peter just to row out from the shore a little bit. But he does it, and he's blessed. See, it's normally in these really small things that God calls us to be obedient in that we get stumbled up on. It's the really small things, but the reason why it matters is because those small things that we're not obedient to become large problems eventually. When we stop being obedient to the very small things of God, doing what he has called us to do, walking in the way that he's called us to walk, when we stop being obedient in those very small things, they lead to bigger problems. Stop going to church and what happens? Stop having a relationship with the people around you. Stop having friends that you can call upon. You find yourself walking away from God because now I'm not praying, I'm not reading the scripture enough, I'm not being encouraged like I should be. Stop reading the Bible and what happens? Life becomes difficult. Life becomes a struggle. You become depressed. And we look at the world and we, we begin to see all of the pain and suffering that's around us and we begin to become overwhelmed by those things because we haven't found the joy in what's going on. Stop being kind to people and guess what happens? They stop being kind to you and so therefore you have the, the pain and suffering of Evil people being evil to you as you're trying to be mad and and get back to them. It's the obedience in the small things that matter a lot. You know, every Sunday, Jay gets up here and he talks about being uh, being an act of worship. Tithing is a way of being obedient, by the way. It is. God doesn't need our money. Jay has said this before. God doesn't need our money. But he wants us to be obedient to him. To say yes, even in the time of struggle, yes, even when inflation is high and gas prices are high and all of these things, I'm still going to be obedient to you. Why? Because my obedience towards you is going to open up the blessings of more in my life. And the only way I can get that is by being obedient to you. Obedience in the small things leads to huge blessings in our life. 
Obedience isn't always losing your life. Obedience is more about doing the right thing when the wrong thing seems better or easier to do. It's when we choose to be obedient to him that matters most. Our obedience always helps others. Do you understand the story that I just read? or uh, I told you about Peter. and You can read in scripture. You see Peter. His obedience by casting out from the shore, by rowing out a little bit further away, caused hundreds if not thousands of people to hear the message of of Jesus. And many came to believe that day because of Jesus' message that day. Those people were blessed because Peter was obedient. In our life today, there are people in our life that are waiting and that are going to receive a blessing if we would just be obedient to God. Sometimes it's our people, our family that lives with us. Sometimes our family will be blessed by our obedience. Sometimes it's other people. Sometimes it's other things, but it's always an obedience that comes. Abraham's obedience helped Isaac. Abraham takes Isaac up to the mountain, and what's he going to do? He's going to kill Isaac. That doesn't seem like a really good thing, right? Wait a minute, Isaac, I don't want you to be obedient if it means sacrificing me, right? But he does. He goes up to the top of the mountain. He's obedient to God, and what happens is that Moses, Moses, Abraham, Abraham is blessed because of his obedience to God. But through that, Isaac also becomes blessed. Go on to read the story and see what Isaac continues to do after Abraham's death and how he is blessed and how the, the generations are blessed through Abraham. Moses' obedience to go back to the Pharaoh and to talk and, and release the people of Israel. What happens there? Moses is obedient to God and does exactly what God calls him to do. And all of the things that the Israelites see are because God blessed them through Moses' obedience. Those around us will receive a blessing because of our obedience. When we do what Jesus has called us to do, our obedience will almost always grow his kingdom, which means that someone's going to be blessed. When we decide to be obedient to God and get off our duff and go over to our neighbor's house or go to a co-worker and share Christ with them, guess what? Their life is blessed. When we become obedient to God and instead of sitting at home saying, I'm going to watch what's on TV today, but go out and actually help our neighbor or a friend or someone close to us, guess what? They're blessed because of our obedience. They receive something because of our obedience. It's not until we are obedient. It's because of our obedience that others are blessed. How about children? You know, I read a stat the other day that uh, fathers who go to church, there's an 83% chance that their children will also follow Christ if their fathers go to church. 83%. So if you go to church and you have children, there's an 83% chance that your children will also follow God. That's a blessing that we're giving our children by us going to church, by us spending this time. Why? Because maybe in this day and age, as you're raising your children, they may not see that blessing, but as they grow and and as you share your faith with them, as they see what your faith is, is your faith important to you? Your kids are watching you, by the way, and the blessing that you're giving to your kids is by showing them what's important to you. When we make a decision and say, this, my faith, is going to be so important to me that I'm going to be obedient, then they're going to see that. And guess what? It's going to become important to them as well. God wants our obedience, but our obedience is going to bless those around us. Obedience really is the beginning of all blessings that flow from Jesus. It's not until we're obedient to him that we see these blessings that come. The last one I want to talk about is obedience brings joy. I can't state this enough. Over and over again, I hear people ask, how do I be happy? What do I do? What is my purpose in life? How do I do these things? How do I just, I, I, need, to, I need to find purpose. I need to find a God's will for my life. And I always start with just be obedient to him. There is you know, a time, and, and I, I had been struggling through this time for a while, and, and uh, this time in my life was I was asking, 
I'm seeking God and just asking God, God, what is it that you want me to do? I want to find joy. I want to find peace. I want to find love. I want to find all of those things in my life. Yes, I have a wonderful family. Yes, I have all of these things, but I'm not feeling that joy. And the word that I kept getting from God every time I, every time I thought about this was, be obedient to me. And I began to ask the question, what do you mean by being obedient to me, Lord? I am obedient to you. I'm a pastor. I lead a church. I pray. I, I, I prepare messages. I do all these things. No, be obedient to me outside of the church, outside of what you're doing. Don't make the church the priority. Make the relationship with me important. Make my life with you more important than anything else. And when we become obedient and we have a relationship with him, guess what? The joy begins to build up. Why? Because we're walking in that blessing. We're walking in that joy of being with him. If you're here today and you're having a rough time, maybe you're confused about what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're just struggling with life. You're looking around you and you're not seeing much joy. You're not seeing all of the, you're seeing trouble. You're seeing difficulties at every turn. Be obedient to him. And if you have to, pour more into that. Pour more into that obedience. Pour more into your prayer times. Pour more into that prayer, uh, into reading your scripture and spending time with him. Soak in his presence and allow his presence to bring you joy. Because is that where we can be joyful even in the midst of all the trouble? Listen, am I concerned about the world around us? Heck yeah, I am. Am I concerned about raising gas prices? Yes. JD and I were talking about $5 a, ga- $5 a gallon for heating oil. Now, let me, let me just say, if you don't use heating oil, right? Most tanks are about a 300, what, 275, 300-gallon tank, something like that. You do the math, 300 gallons times $5 a gallon is $1,500. A gallon of oil will last most family, or a, a tank of oil will last most families about a, a week, in, or I'm sorry, about a month and a half. That's the average. Now, a month and a half at $1,500 a month. Can you imagine that? Yep, yeah, me too. I'd say the same thing, right? Am I concerned about that? Sure I am. Does it steal my joy? Absolutely not. Why? Because I'm obedient to God and God owns the cattle in a thousand hills. And whether it's oil or whether it's wood or whether it's natural gas or whether it's some un believable blessing he will bless us and we won't have to worry about those things as long as we are obedient to him he has never left his children alone and he will not leave you alone if you're in the middle of a relationship problem and your wife or your husband is having and you're fighting and you're arguing and all seems to be lost be obedient to him be obedient to him and you'll find joy in that if you're struggling with financial things be obedient to him and you'll find peace in that Will you win the lottery? I don't know. If you do, just make sure you tithe, right? Uh, no. <laughs> That's true. The point of it is, though, it's not that we win the lottery. We win the lottery every day that we serve Jesus. He blesses us more than what we could ever think of. Imagine whatever is available to us is available to us because we're obedient. But until we are obedient in our walk with Christ, when we're not obedient to our walk with Christ, we are limiting what we have available to us. God wants you to be obedient, to listen to him, and to follow him. Will you stand with me, please? Again, no one likes to talk about obedience. It's not a sexy pastor title that I'm going to put up on a sermon series and go, next week we begin the sermon series on obedience where we're going to go 12 weeks on talking about the wonderful things and all the people in the whole entire community is going to go, I need to go hear about obedience. Right. Talk about having a sermon series on obedience and all of a sudden the church empties, right? No one likes to talk about that because no one really likes to give up of themselves. It's true. It's really hard to give of yourself to others. It's really hard for you to let go of your dreams and visions and the things that you want to achieve to do what someone else wants to do. This past week I had a few meetings and I was, in my mind, I had a list of things I needed to get done, right? Right? 
to tease Corey a little bit on this, but I had this list of things that I wanted to get done. One of the things was, by the way, Corey was going to shoot guns on Friday, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I want to go. I want to go really bad, right? I'm going to go and shoot guns with Corey. I like doing that. That's fun, right? Well, my meetings came Wednesday, and my meetings came Thursday, and what I was supposed to get done on Wednesday and Thursday was now moved to Thursday and Friday, and then it was moved to Friday, and I'm like going. So I missed being able to shoot guns because I had to do what was obedient to him. <laughs> so I didn't get to go, but I still was obedient. Now, was that hard? <laughs> Believe me, I didn't want to be sitting in my house. And it didn't make it any easier because this man right here was sending me pictures of things he was shooting. And I'm like, that's not fair. But the truth of the matter is, is obedience isn't easy. It's not easy being obedient to the one who's calling you to be obedient. But when we are obedient to God and we are obedient to Jesus, he opens up the blessings of heaven to fall upon us. And until we walk in that obedience, when we walk in that obedience, more blessings are going to flow. You want to be blessed in your life? You want to be blessed in your finances? You want to be blessed in your relationships? Then be obedient to him. It doesn't mean that all of your problems are going to go away. Don't, don't hear me wrong. Just because you're obedient doesn't mean your life is going to be easy and nothing bad is going to happen. What I'm saying is that it's going to be easier because when obedient to God means that you have God with you as you walk through these problems. But being obedient to Him also opens up us to hearing from Him. One of the major things that I hear from people all the time is I want to hear God's voice. Well, then be obedient to Him. Pray to Him. Read His words. Seek His presence in your life. Seek the Holy Spirit to fall upon you and you will hear God's voice in your life. Be obedient to Him and He will be blessed. You will be blessed, I should say. Father, we thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for the wonderful joy that You bring to us through obedience. Lord, as I said before, no one really likes to talk about obedience. Being obedient is not fun, Father. It's, it's not sexy. It's not encouraging. It's sometimes difficult. Yet, I'm going to change the narrative and all of that, Lord, and just show, I hope I have the blessings that come by being obedient to you. Lord Jesus, you are blessed dramatically by your Father in heaven because you are obedient to him. And we were blessed through your obedience. We today will be blessed for eternity if we choose to follow you because of what you were, because how obedient you were to die even on the cross for us. And so Lord, today, help us to see how important it is to be obedient to you. To do what matters, the small things in life, the very small things that may seem insignificant to us, but those things that you call us to be obedient to you in. Lord, help us today. Show us the way, the path, and the truth to what it means to be obedient with you. Father, forgive us where we have failed in this place. Each and every one of us have many things in our lives where we have not been obedient to you. Whether it's through just worshiping you, whether it's through not sharing the gospel with people around us, whether it's not reading our scriptures or praying or going to church, or whatever it might be, Father. There are times in our life when we have not been obedient to you, and we need your forgiveness. And so we come before you in this place and say, forgive us. Lord, we ask you to heal our relationships by being obedient to you. By dying to ourselves, Father. And letting you grow the new man and woman inside of us that we are to become because we are following you. Let us in this place, lead us in this place, Father, become obedient in everything that we do and we say to you. One of the ways, with all of our eyes closed, one of the ways that we can be obedient is to follow him. To say, Lord, I want you in my life. It is Romans 10, verse 9, says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that I shall have everlasting eternal life, I can have that life with him. When we're obedient to his calling on our life, he blesses us with eternity in heaven. And so I want to pray 
If you're here today or you're watching online and you've never done that, be obedient to his calling on your life and give your life to Christ. It is simply a saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. What you did on the cross is more than enough for me. Lead me and guide me in that obedience to you. That's how I obey you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before we enter into this word of worship, I just want to tell you something. This past week, I'm going to finish this up. Sorry, Corey, I know you've been strumming a lot, but keep going. I'm sorry. This past Wednesday, we were at Bridge Builders, and and uh, I got to teach the, the lesson. And so um, I'm studying before these kids, mostly second graders, and the lesson was on Jesus came for all of us, Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter. Now, how do you tell a second grader what a Jew or Gentile is? Many of you in this room probably don't know the difference between a Jew or Gentile. Some of you probably do, and that's great. And as we were sitting there, I was talking to these kids, and I was having this conversation with them, and said that Jesus came for all of us. It doesn't matter what you do. And one of the kids, Corey, by the way, wasn't the kid, but a different, different one, says... Does that mean even when I say a bad word, I can still be forgiven? And I said, yeah, that still means you can be forgiven. Well, how, how does that work? I said, what do you mean, how does that work? Well, how do I receive the forgiveness of Jesus? And I went, wow, great question for a second grader. And then one little, this little girl over in the corner goes, well, you just have to ask him into your heart. It was like plain as day. As I sat there and I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, man, this is this might be a great opportunity. Here was 10 second graders studying before me. Some of them have never given their life to Christ before. And so I asked, I said, do you, you want to do that today? And all the kids were like, yeah. I said, do you know what it means? And the one little girl, I, I couldn't have scripted it better. She said, I get to spend forever with Jesus. And the one little boy looks at me and goes, I want that. I said, I bet you do. And you can have it. And so right there during Bridge Builders with the second graders, as bad as they can be, second graders are pretty good, but there's other kids that can be difficult. I led 10 kids to Christ. All 10 of them in their sweetest little voices. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I want to spend forever with you. All of these kids saying it together. I got to tell you, man, I was so overwhelmed sitting there watching these kids do this. And I'm thinking to myself, this has nothing to do. I wasn't, I was given the opportunity. I was obedient. Did I want to be there? No. Did I want to do these things? No, not really. I had many other things on Wednesday afternoon I could have been doing. But yet, that day, right there, 10 kids are guaranteed eternity in heaven because obedience. Yeah. Yeah. Your obedience, even when you don't want to be obedient, matters. And there's a blessing that flows with it. Father, help us to be obedient. Help us to receive that blessing. Lead us and guide us. Let's worship together.
whose sin runs deep. Your grace is born, your grace is found, it's where you are, and where you are, Lord, I am free, this holiness is Christ Our righteousness comes from you. And we can receive all of that when we walk in the blessed obedience that you call us to be in. Father, we're going to fail. We're going to slip up, and you know that. But we ask you, Lord, in your mercy and your grace, to bring us back as quickly as possible as we can to be underneath that obedience and obedience that you require and ask of us. Lord, help us to see not obedient as being something difficult or something to struggle with, but something that is a blessing, a gateway to blessings that you want to give to us by just being open and following your word. Lord, help us this week as we go forth from this place to be obedient to the still, small voice that calls and yells and speaks in our ear, Father. Help us to be obedient to the words that we read in Scripture that tell us to go out and reach those that don't know you. Help us to be obedient in our love that we have for each other. Help us to be obedient to you, Father. To walk in that obedience every day, everywhere we go. Lord, guide us and direct us. Keep us with you, always. We glorify you, Father. We honor you and we praise you now. Just a quick reminder, there is a uh, food a dinner um, sign-up sheet on the web for Kaylee and Dustin. They are Linda Dunphy's uh, granddaughter and grandson, and uh, they could use our help uh, as their baby, Haley Paisley, is uh, still recovering from some problems that she had. But God bless you all. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again next week.